0: Now that we've decided to get me a new mic, I think I figured out one of the weird things that was happening with, with my mic, which I don't think was coming through on your end, but was affecting my end, uh, which uh, uh, I was running the mic through a USB hub, right? and I think that was... It's um,
1: always a problem for USB peripherals.
0: Yeah, it, I think it was like dropping a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. And it mainly was happening like weird audio things were happening in my ears, not like, not like, and then throw a banana in my mouth before I finish my mm-hmm. sentence.
1: Right as I muted because there's a plane flying overhead.
0: <laughs> Yay, we're off to a good start. We
1: are off to a good start. We, yeah, I traded, um, if you'll remember, we'd have the planes when we recorded. Mm-hmm. In Chicago, I lived under one of the multi, multi, multifarious, I don't know, O'Hare and all airports have various approach lanes, right? And they change, you know, which ones they're using on, I think there's a pattern um, based on, I'll, I don't know what, but basically every Sunday, there would be some planes that flew directly over my house going, mm-hmm. landing at O'Hare. Um, and then if we recorded on a different day, sometimes we wouldn't. They wouldn't be there, but then they'd suddenly be there, and I'd be surprised. I'm like, ah, oh, there's a plane today. <laughs> uh, anyway, where I uh, live now on the island, we're near a uh, we're near a naval base. There's a naval airfield, and there's also like a like a local airfield um, mm-hmm. on opposite sides of our town. So we do get flyovers of like navy planes doing maneuvers.
0: That's exciting.
1: I mean, it's exciting to a degree. I guess if you like planes, I mean, I don't know. I I like planes fine. Um but they're they fly super super low. So it's like really
0: loud. You'll get like Kenny Loggins every so often, like yeah. Danger Zone starts playing and Right.
1: and there's like a, a like a formation of like five mm-hmm. like fighter jets that are, you know, clearly <laughs> visible because they're so low. Um those are that's pretty loud. I guess there was some there were planned maneuvers recently where they were flying at night a lot and then also Separately we've been as a country, uh, we've right. been shooting UFOs out of the sky <laughs> and some of that stuff I think I think there's been some response that has increased mm-hmm. air activity um in this area. Uh you know, defending us mm-hmm. from balloons and such.
0: So you gotta get them UFOs. Right. Them uh hobbyist radio balloons and the whatnot.
1: Yep, yep. <sighs> uh. So I will occasionally try to mute when there is plane, but sometimes I forget and usually I try to filter it out and then in the edit, but sometimes I can't get it off.
0: Uh, I live next to a gas station. So Mm -hmm. sometimes we if we record it back when I lived in New York, we would hear the R line go Mm, right underneath my apartment. So that that would have been a
1: i mean my first apartment in chicago was right under the blue line l so we had we did the thing where you had to pause a movie to wait for the train to go by because it was so loud you couldn't hear (laughs) you couldn't hear movie dialogue we'd have to like pause your conversation so you just like have an awkward like we just sit here for about 20 30 seconds wait for the train to finish going by resume where we left off
0: If we recorded in that two year window when I lived in a barn, (laughs) (laughs) I guess the sheep would have Mm -hmm. been, we just had somebody in the background doing that. The thing about sheep is that they sound like a human mimicking a sheep. Mm -hmm. Like they're very (laughs) disturbing that way.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like cows don't really sound like how we say like moo. Yeah. It's more of like a, but sheep do sound like they're going.
0: <laughs> yeah they got they got the uh oh, i'm trying to think of the the voice the the venture brothers one of the one of the m- henchmen for uh the monarch has a very just sounds like th- you could hear him in the sheep all the time They're like hey hey, <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> anyways that's my sheep impression uh my full sheep impression includes dropping like pellets of poop while I'm doing that (laughs) because that's the other thing like uh, sheep are terrifying animals I don't know if you've ever seen one up close but they uh, anyways we won't get into it
1: (laughs) I did have a sheep encounter just like at a petting zoo Mm -hmm. when I think when I was in college and it stands out to me because it was the first time I'd ever physically been you know in proximity Mm -hmm. to a sheep and then it was a petting zoo so I pet the sheep and I went oh my god sheep are made of wool (laughs) because as a I don't know I mean as someone who has never been around sheep um I was like yes wool comes from sheep but uh, you know it must there must be some kind of like you spin their fur and that's what turns into wool right right. I didn't realize that they literally just that's just wool that's that's just the same stuff just (laughs)
0: like
1: oh now I know all you knitters and crocheters out there can laugh at my ignorance but yeah it was a big revelation for me it's a good one here we just have uh we just have the, the deer, which are, as we say, adorably terrifying. Yeah. Because um, we have fearless fearless deer that just coexist with in the built environment and mm-hmm. just hang out. Um they have no fear of people, no fear of cars, no fear of dogs, um, just wander around eat grass off everyone's lawn, etc. <laughs> they're very cute, they're very fluffy, they're they're black-tailed deer. Um but when you get close and you see their eyes, mm-hmm. there's a reason that like folk horror always uses right. deer imagery, right? <laughs> like there's something about their their eyes that's just completely terrifying, and because they have no fear. Like I had a had a had an encounter uh, just this last week where I was walking walking the dog in our neighborhood, and he found his his pooping spot, and he's doing his business. Mm-hmm. And on that lawn, there was like a a, a doe and a fawn, um, just cropping grass. And then once we stopped, the doe started giving us a side eye, and then started coming <laughs> over just real slow, just slowly <laughs> walk, 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 staring, staring me dead in the eye.
0: <laughs> and I'm like,
1: well, I can't stop the dog from what he's right. doing. He needs to finish. This deer is getting very close. The and deer's while- like...
0: <laughs> That's my dinner, buddy.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I expect it's kind of a hey, back off my fawn, you know. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, I was like, is this going to be the first time a deer has attacked a person that I've known of? Because <laughs> I, I felt like I was in the uh, introduction to some kind of like like rom com or something where I'm like, a deer is approaching me, and I'm going like, shoo. <laughs> It's like back yeah, off! Yeah. <laughs> I'm like yelling at this deer. <laughs> um, thankfully, no one was no no one was threatened. No one was harmed. Um, That's good. All is well. But uh, yeah, adorably adorably menaced is how we put it. We yeah. <laughs> say I was adorably menaced by a deer today.
0: Where I live now, I don't have any of the that. Wi- we have possums that occasionally will go through our backyard. But I, yeah, uh, I'm not in the big city, but I am. <laughs> You're in the small city i'm in the small city i'm in the small city there's there's um i mean we like i also i live in massachusetts so i also i live within three blocks of three donut stores which mm. means there's rats
1: mm. like it like
0: <laughs> uh i don't know if people know that but donut shops mean that there are rats uh throw your trash out and then the animals eat So there's that. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's like a whole thing about like, don't put bird seed out or, you know, anything like that. Cause you don't want to like make your home appear as if it's a place where food can be got. Mm. Um, But that, that's, that's the wildlife report from (laughs) Western Massachusetts.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm in Washington. I'm on this Island off the coast of Washington, which means we do have a kind of a limited wildlife spectrum. Like we don't have Mm -hmm. like bears, right like right. <laughs> um we have tons of deer there's one elk there's like a semi famous local elk that swam to the really? island like <laughs> at some point in the last 10 years or 15 years or something and it's some or is it an elk or is it a moose it's i can't just remember it out there it just hangs out uh yeah. locals call it bruiser i believe and <laughs> every so often there's a sighting um and it just like lives here now uh but it's not like there are a bunch on the island um there's some coyotes and then, like, small stuff, but tons of rabbits. There's a whole thing. Okay. We, <laughs> we, we, we can, we can stop talking about this soon, but there's a, there's a town that has a, uh, on the southern end of the island that has like a, I don't know if it's famous. They have a lot of fancy bunnies. They have like a lot of non standard rabbits because mm-hmm. they used to have this like rabbit festival or something and at some point a bunch of the show rabbits got free <laughs> and now they're just like there's just a population of various crossbred show rabbit
0: yeah just fancy rabbits fa-
1: fancy rabbits um that just like live around this town
0: bows in their hair and
1: <laughs> dogs go crazy you like yeah bring your dog there and they just go Absolutely insane! Trying to figure out where all these rabbits are are coming (laughs) from. So, anyway, that's that's the wildlife report. The bi-coastal two hundred a day.
0: Yes, (laughs) wildlife report.
1: This is the kind of exciting content you can expect from Plus Expenses.
0: Exactly. Yes. So this is our public plus. This is our public. Mm -hmm. Try again. I'm just not going to make that. This (laughs) is our public plus expenses. That is very difficult to say um, for me. But uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, we, we do one of these, uh, you know, every every so often. Um, so, Plus Expenses, you know, we talk about it in our little gumshoe thank you read. But, you know, I don't expect all listeners to actually listen to the promotional stuff. I, I get it. I skip past stuff, mm-hmm. too. Um, but, yeah, if you are uh, a subscriber to the 200-day Patreon, we release our Plus Expenses episodes there. Mm-hmm. And so we record one of these before each of our main episodes. So that means, you know, usually either two weeks or a week before uh, the main episode, depending on the cadence, the Plus Expenses episode goes out. Uh, It's a a secondary bonus thank you show for our supporters. And also it's where we kind of just, you know, talk about stuff that isn't the Rockford Files.
0: Yeah, it's our little catch up time. It's our, our, um, our time to see what everyone what we've been up to. Because, as Nathan alluded to before, we live on two different coasts of uh, one of the major continents. uh, One of them. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I'll leave it to the listener to decide which of the continents are the non-major continents.
0: Yeah. (laughs) One of the seven major continents. (laughs) Right. right. Somewhere in there.
1: Yeah. But part of of the, the fun of doing the show, the main show, is that we get to talk regularly and At some point, it was like, well, we always spend time catching up before we record, but we are usually talking about, I mean, you know, animals, the weather. Um, (laughs) But we also, you know, are usually like talking about um, stuff going on in the publishing world, stuff going on in the game world, um, how our businesses are going as, Mm -hmm. you know, independent creators, all that kind of stuff. Um, So hopefully some of that is interesting to our main feed listeners as well.
0: Yeah, speaking of how businesses are going, mm-hmm. I got my New Year's fray in the mail this week, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is exciting. This is, oh, we got a little visit. Speaking of local wildlife.
1: Mm-hmm. We got o-, o. Henry entered the chat. Mm-hmm. He's finding his spot.
0: So, I mean, I feel like I got to do introductions for everything here, because uh, this is the public plus expenses. Right. But uh, if you're not aware, Nathan and I met as uh, independent tabletop role-playing game designers mm-hmm. uh, way back in the early mumble,
1: teens, mumble 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 yeah. uh, late teens in the oh aughts. literally aughts.
0: early early that
1: because the design matters booth was 2008 2009 2010 yeah. so it was yeah before that
0: wow. before that yeah
1: i think we went through this once i think we narrowed it down to like sometime either late 2004 early 2005 i think is when think we so. narrowed down when we actually met
0: and um yeah somewhere in there and and uh Fast forward to twenty the December of 2022. Mm. Nathan did a Kickstarter for uh, a game that uses his worldwide wrestling uh, to create a holiday-themed battle royale called... Uh, oh, wow. I just blanked out. I just said it. I just said you it a did. moment ago. I'm
1: waiting. I'm, New I'm... Year's
0: fray. New Year's <laughs> fray. <laughs> uh, and mine came in the mail with a lovely uh, trading card. I got a nice football... Oh, God, I... I should have ran and grabbed it so I could uh, say which player I got because I cannot remember even the team that they're on. That shows you how sportsy I am.
1: Well, also, there's a sticker over one side of it. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I do little like mail. Uh, I, I put a little stuffers in in my mail little surprises um, little surprises also counts like i do a sticker over a card over like a trading card and that counts as my business card because i got yeah. tired of printing <laughs> business cards so it's like eh. so i print stickers instead and put them on these cards anyway so i usually get i try to so i always try to have wrestling trading cards for and those go in my wrestling books when they get yeah. when they go out and then i also you know get like uh, usually, like, from thrift stores and stuff. Like, just random, vaguely related cards. So, I have, these are, there's a, this is a set of football trading cards from the Super Bowl. Like, the 1991 or 1992 Super Bowl or something like that. So, it's, like, all the players on both teams. Oh, yeah. And there's some cards about the Super Bowl. So, I have those. I have uh, some of the old uh, Marvel TCG. Um, oh, which I forget yeah. what it's called now. I could go grab a card, but it's on the other side of the room. Um, I have a set from the Olympics from like '94, I think, that are actually pretty cool because a lot of them are very have like lots of like foil details and stuff, and they're really thick, so they're kind of fun. And then I have a bunch of NASCAR ones. I got this big set of like like a complete I don't know what you would call it. It was a big box. And it was like every card they made for their like 92 season or something like that. And so it's like cars, drivers, staff, owners, stats, like that stuff. So I've been going through, I've had those. Those have been keeping me for years. I still have a bunch of those. Um, So anyway, when I sell stuff, I do a card in there as kind of like a little... I don't know. You can use it as a bookmark, or you can just throw it away. Whatever, um, but it's a li- you know just a little fun thing. I like I like for there to be a little fun thing when yeah. you open your package.
0: Little surprise, little little, little prize inside, like a yeah. Cracker Jack box or a cereal. I don't know if they still do prizes in cereals anymore. I, I don't feel
1: like Cracker Jack boxes have a tiny little thing that has a QR code on it now, which is like not not fun.
0: <laughs> not they, I mean, they stuff. never were great. Like I mean, I gotta sure. be honest. When I was a kid, I don't. I can't think of a single most of the time. there were like temporary tattoos is what Mm -hmm. what I remember getting from. uh, But Cracker Jacks are even before my era. So uh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: As someone who buys Cheerios on a regular basis now, um, there's nothing in Cheerio boxes. But I feel like I don't see prizes like things advertised on cereal boxes. I think that's a thing of the past.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just get grape nuts. So Mm -hmm. that's me. Corn nuts and grape nuts. That's Mm -hmm. the way to go. Mm -hmm. All the greatest nuts. Yes. (laughs)
1: Well, thank you for, you know, picking up the game. So, and I want to talk about how intertwined our stuff is. So, so this is New Year's Fray 2022, which is a revision Mm -hmm. of the original New Year's Fray, which was technically in 2015. And then I, I, I revised it for 2016 and then it sat there until I did this revision, but that was done so that I would have something new to add into one of your Epimus promotions. Right. Listeners to Plus Expenses. We talked about this in detail a couple episodes ago, uh, if I remember right, about, you know, what Epimus is and stuff. But basically there was a period of time where Epi would run a gift of game thing around the holidays where you could buy a set of game PDFs as a gift for someone that would be delivered mm-hmm. Epimus morning. Epimus, of course, is the traditional day of celebration, December 25th. 24th. December 24th, <laughs> when our our good friend Epidae Ravishall was born. So so downloads of those would go to your gift recipient on that day, and then you would receive them for yourself as well. So it was kind of a little, you know, as you say, give the gift of game. Yeah. I wanted to be part of it, and so I made this little holiday-themed wrestling thing for that, and then I decided that it deserved to have its a little more... I do know, ha- have, a, have a re-debut uh, in the wake of the second edition of Worldwide Wrestling, which came out a couple years ago, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And here we are.
0: I should take the time, not now, obviously, not on the air, but take the time to figure out uh, what games exist because of Eppenus. Because there's not an in- there's not a lot of them, but there's so- like Meg's uh, Meg Baker's um, uh, Playing Nature's Year, mm-hmm. uh, which was... Uh, I think I think she did that via Patreon, but that started I think as an Epimus one. Uh, I know there's a handful of people that we know. They're all friends of ours. They were like, <laughs> I need something new this year. Let me just make something. It was a good excuse to make something. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. it was a uh I always think about doing it, but also like the problem with running a promotion like that on your birthday is that you just create a lot of work mm-hmm. for yourself on your birthday, like a like a like a fool. Like <laughs> like a fool would. And um uh yeah it just ne- never materialized uh in that way for me but yeah yeah well
1: and now the uh the novelty of getting game pdfs yeah has, that has shifted to no longer being a novelty it's just yeah. a way things are
0: but that was our original thing was that we were we were trying to normalize pdfs uh to some extent because that was uh mm-hmm. we as indie tabletop role-playing game publishers we're kind of on the cutting edge of people buying electronic books right buying
1: downloads yeah yeah.
0: and uh still feels well we were on the cutting edge and then the cutting edge blew past us and then uh nobody ever designed things to make our job easier (laughs) they just kept going further on um but that's a whole nother story not for this podcast.
1: <laughs> a, a, lot of the, a lot of our Plus Expenses time is spent talking about the changes in publishing over the years and the yes. struggles that we're having. <laughs> yes. But I guess I would say that perhaps the, the that part of the mission to normalize the game PDF, yeah. one you could say, has been successful because it is now very normal.
0: Yeah. I should, like, I, I don't know about our particular contribution to but it has happened, right, so right. <laughs> is, the, the the underlying cause is no longer there. Yeah, you get to take a victory lap on that one. I'll allow it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad that you got your game, and uh, I hope others who, who, met, who picked it up, I hope they enjoy it. The timing of it was like, I wanted to get it done for the holidays but because of how kickstarter works and yeah. the lag time i mean i did do it so the, the part of the the deal was that i wanted to do something really like short and compact and not something that I was going to take forever to to do so i think i only ran the campaign for a week or like 8 days or something like that and like by the time the campaign was done the game was written had gone through editing and was in layout and then I was able to send it off to a to a printer. I wanted to do it before, before New Year's, and it turned out it, it took a little longer. So I did it like the first week in, in 2023 or something. And then, you know, got the proof and had to look at that and then submit the full order. And then that takes a couple weeks. And then, you know, I get the books and then I have to pack them and send them out. Hmm. So I wanted to get them out in January. I ended up getting them out in February, which is fine. But... It means that kind of the like holiday theming. I'm I'm kind of hoping that next year people will play it.
0: I just picked up a anthology of Christmas themed sci-fi stories from I think the 80s might be the 70s. <laughs> nice. M and I have decided that we're uh, going to just make a stack of things <laughs> that are the holiday themed thing that <laughs> we got just past the holidays, <laughs> and then just like have that ready to pull out. Like mm-hmm. December 1st of next year or something like that. So, yes, that is going to happen in, in our household. because <laughs> it's, it's right there in that stack of like uh, – because, yeah, like a lot of times you'll – you'll. Uh, for instance, this might be a good segue too. For my birthday, my – I think I'm going to say my brother. I can't remember who got this for me. Ooh, no. Actually, I think it was my mom because she keeps going on about it. <laughs> uh, I got a holiday sweater. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but it was a Black Sabbath holiday sweater,
1: mm-hmm. uh, of
0: course. Yes. Of course. And uh, it says across the front of it, it says uh, holiday, bloody holiday, mm-hmm. like the Sabbath, bloody Sabbath album. Uh, anyways, it's a great sweater. I love it. Uh, but right, it, my mom just keeps going on and on about like, you have to find other holidays to wear it. <laughs> like, but it's a sweater. So there's only a certain number of holidays, to, you know, and I'm like, oh, it'll come out again next year. Right. But that goes in that pile, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just tend to get holiday themed things. And then like,
1: and then it's like January. Yeah. And you're like, I'm kind of done with holiday stuff.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So just this pile of things that get stored away and then come out at the beginning.
1: I am realizing I do have an opportunity to maybe do it as a promotional thing to do like Christmas in July. Ah, yes. It is incumbent upon us to think of things like, when can I get people to buy my stuff? yes yes and you start thinking like a car dealership you're like what mm-hmm. what promotion can i attach to this nominal holiday what is my president's day sale
0: going to be yeah i mean we god i I feel like this is a thing we we do hit on quite a bit which is that back in back when we first started mm-hmm. there was a time of year when when games came out and that was gen con like that was right. the early august uh you put a game out at gen con so much so that like There's this four months before Gen Con time period where indie game designers are a little raw with each other because we're all trying to work out all the logistics to get our games Mm. finished and ready for Gen Con. Um, That's not the case anymore. Kickstarter, to some extent, just killed that. Like, Kickstarter allows us to release whenever. Not just people who use Kickstarter. Like, it just broke the pattern. And that was it. It didn't have to. Uh, But uh, COVID changed how i approach um conventions which is that i don't approach conventions right and uh that was like you know that was that was a significant chunk of sales right you would mm-hmm. go to a convention you would bring a bunch of product you would go home a lot lighter <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not too late cuz you would have purchased a bunch of things from other people <laughs> right, right. and ate out a lot and you mm-hmm. know like a, um paid for hotels and whatnot but still like that was the the this is where a good chunk of sales goes and then if it were a big convention if it was gen con if it was uh pax was pretty Mm -hmm. pretty influential like that you would see uh people playing your games hopefully uh and talking about them online uh just a few months after that and then like a few months after that was when the 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 wave of uh word of mouth kind of led to like other people who weren't there picking it up and
1: there'd be yeah there'd be like a like even for a new thing like a like I have my new thing and so you know you sell it at a convention you could kind of expect like a 8 month to 2 year yeah <laughs> lapse between when people would be buy it and be really excited and then actually play it and talk about it just because people have lots of games they want to play they mm-hmm. prioritize you know whatever and they get around to it eventually and sometimes eventually is like a year and a half after they bought it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you had the lag of like how long it took people to actually get it to the table and play. And then you also had the, the lag of how long it took people who wrote about games, Mm -hmm. influencers, if you will, for lack of a better term. Uh, It's actually a really good term for that. I should just use it influencers, uh, you know, reviewers and whatnot to like read through it and say something about it or, um, things like the, um, uh, any's like awards well, award stuff. Yeah. 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 Like awards subs are, are, I think like I, I got my own personal thing where I don't want to engage with awards anymore because of how that affects me psychologically, but they're good for, even if you don't win, like making everyone look at like, here, here are all the nominees and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, well that's interesting. Like, what is this? They
1: create, they create short lists for when people are looking for something new.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a very good feature of them. And, uh, also, like one that's, yeah, I am like that's a good feature, and I would love to see if we could like extricate it from it, but that's not possible. And also, <laughs> you need that that um, the drama of the award to like draw people to the list. Like that's the whole thing. It, mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a package deal. It's a it's <laughs> it's a unit.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of package deals, mm-hmm. do we? <laughs> Have a deal for you.
0: I was I was going to use the the Sabbath sweater as the segue mm. and then like completely forgot. Anyways, yes, yes, go on.
1: So one of the one of the reasons we're doing this plus expenses on our main feed um, is uh, you know both to expose people to our other show, but also because we have a a short term fun uh, little project that we're doing where we want to sell some shirts, Mm-hmm. some two hundred a day themed. Rockford bootleg
0: shirts. <laughs> your your torso is a little chilly, not mm-hmm. too chilly because these are T-shirts.
1: Well, suitable for Malibu for the Malibu yeah. weather.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so we you know we have ongoing support through Patreon, and you know our patrons are are fantastic, and we are so appreciative of their ongoing support. But you know, obviously, that's not for everyone, and so we're doing a about a month long pre order for two shirts mm-hmm. and so this is a, a great way for you know if you like the show you've you've been digging it patreon isn't a good fit for you uh, but you want to uh, throw a little a little a little cash our way um, picking up a shirt would be a great way to do it
0: and you look good doing it
1: I, I certainly hope so yes so first of all you can see these for yourself uh, at ndpdesign.com rockford um, that's the portal through which we're doing the pre-orders there will also be a link on our 200 uh, a day dot fireside dot fm show website um mm-hmm. that'll have a link to the shirts and you know if you're a patron we'll send all the information out through patreon as well we have two shirt designs one is a interpretation of the the rockford agency yellow pages ad where yeah. it is a yellow shirt with a, a black design on it where it's the 200 a day yellow pages ad uh featuring epi and my faces <laughs> you know we'll get to it when we get to it a podcast about the rockford files listen and enjoy anywhere you get your podcast fan supported all goons appreciated <laughs> you can see uh see all the text in the uh in the the image previews on that pre-order site
0: uh yeah it's a classic uh, i mean it's it's the rockford files ad but you take out jim gardner's face and and add ours which you know
1: you know maybe maybe not an upgrade but yeah (laughs) uh, we think it's fun yeah um and then we also have a more contemporary design uh where it's a black shirt with um it'll be like off-white text where it's the helvetica and format so you've seen it on shirts for the last you know 15 years but uh, jim and beth and dennis and rocky and then in in parentheses and Angel yes, <laughs> so that's the cast shirt. Uh, that's a black shirt. People like black shirts. Want to make sure there's an option for that. And those are those are the shirts.
0: I like that. So the and Angel is in parentheses in italics uh, in a thinner font, and it just like I can't not hear it in Angel's plaintive voice. <laughs> like, <laughs> like like don't forget Angel.
1: Yeah absolutely so that's our it's celebrating our core cast uh you know we yeah. we talk about them all the time um obviously jim beth dennis rocky and angel and
0: angel your buddy angel
1: your are good well your good friend dennis becker and then your buddy angel yes <laughs> they are 25 uh plus shipping we are doing a pre-order so that we can order them from a screen printer uh that i've used in the past that is a a, a good a good outfit um so we can do a a, a an order fitting demand where we have absolutely no idea how much interest there will be in these shirts. So we Mm -hmm. don't want to print too many and have a bunch of inventory and we don't want to not print enough and not be able to send people a shirt. So, uh, hence the pre-order and then, um, you know, we'll get them out as soon as possible after that. So the timing right now looks like we're going to be, if you're hearing this now, um, and then through the month of March, 2023, we'll have it open and then we'll, close the pre-order sometime in early April, and then hopefully have shirts sending out by the end of April. That's kind of the general timeline.
0: Perfect for your summer wear collection. Exactly. These are
1: kind of summer. Well, the yellow one is certainly a summer appropriate. Um, yeah. Uh, the black one is your year- all all weather, of course. Yeah. And I guess, uh, there is a little wrinkle where there is a minimum, it's not high, but there is a minimum to print these. So if one of them does not get enough interest, we will see if those, the people who want that one would be happy with the other one and we'll just change your order. Uh, If we end up not printing one of them because there just isn't enough interest to hit the minimum and you ordered it, we will, of course, refund your money. Yeah. We came up with the two designs and then I kind of like, I don't know, we liked both of them.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah, we couldn't decide.
1: It would be simpler just to do one, but, you know, maybe we'll have a little more. Well, well, you get to vote with your wallet and uh, tell us which one you think is better is really what it comes down to.
0: They're both very, like, if you know, you know, kind of t-shirts. Yeah, 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 for sure.
1: They're not super deep cut, but they're slightly deep cut just the just the lightest the lightest of the deep cut
0: i feel like i had a, a thing at one point where someone pointed out my rockford files t-shirt
1: because mm-hmm. you have you're wearing it right now the rockford agency shirt you can get from like many websites i think
0: i can't remember the no no they're the other ones the the one that goes through um garf
1: yeah yeah you can get them from yeah j, j garf org Garf. The, yeah, Jay Garf. GG Garner's Animal Rescue Fund. They sell a shirt um, and mugs and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's the what would Jimbo do?
1: Yes, that was the what would Jimbo do one. Mm-hmm.
0: It might have been that one. Anyways, I just remember like uh, it was a fun time when a total stranger is like the Rockford Files. I remember <laughs> that. That was a good show. <laughs> and like, yeah, still is.
1: One reason we're doing, you know, we're doing the shirts um, is. Uh, honestly, we are continuing to get new listeners, um, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. So I think to turn this back to a more plus expenses kind of conversation, tell me if you have this kind of sense, but I feel like for most of the things I do, it goes out into the world. There's kind of an initial spike Mm -hmm. of interest and then that goes down and then there might be a second wave. And then Mm -hmm. once that second wave goes down, it's that's whatever level that settles to that's just.
0: That's where it is. Yeah. The
1: level for the rest of its lifetime. So that's most of, you know, we both print books and put out, you know, games in the form of books. So like you sell a bunch of books, uh, through a Kickstarter or three or pre-order or initial release. And then again, in that six month to two year <laughs> lag, there's another yeah. little bump where it's gone out into a new audience or people start talking about it again or whatever. And then it trends down and then you just sell a couple of month or whatever it's, it's going to be, um, The podcast is uh, a a line go up. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like very, very different. And, you know, we're very fortunate to continue having people finding the show. Uh, but we get, you know, it's not crazy. I don't think it's an unmanageable growth or anything. And we're not yeah. like we are not a popular enough show to where anyone has come to us and been like, hey, we want you to advertise our product. Right.
0: Yeah. We have a mattress and we want you to tell your listeners that Jim Rockford would use our mattress.
1: Right. Um, so we are not, you know, advertisers are not seeking us out. Which is just to say that's you know, we continue to be listener supported because that's what we want. We also do not seek out advertisers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's how we like to be. But, you know, we look at our metrics and, like, there's been steady growth in the number of downloads of the show over time. And we get uh, really nice um, emails and uh, occasional reviews and stuff. It usually starts out, I just found the show and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Right. And those are always great because it's like, cool. There's, there are new people who found the show, uh, six years on seven, seven.
0: I'm I'm looking, the shirt says, uh, since 2016, which I mean, like, I don't remember when in 2016, I think it was pretty early though. Right.
1: We started recording in 2016 and I think the very first episode dropped like at the end of 2016. Yeah. So that's where it, where we peg it, but the show of regular episodes and regular recording, like. I kind of benchmark it to like Christmas, like December, 2016.
0: Yeah. So yeah, about six years then we've been doing it in a little over six years. (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah. I mean, like what you were saying about the, uh, yeah, the long tail, I guess is the, Mm -hmm. the, the term that we use. Um, and yeah, it is interesting to see that like more people are, are more interested. Uh, when we started, it's, it's, thinking about where we started we yeah you know, we mm-hmm. again just tabletop role playing game designers who both happen to really enjoy this rockford file show and think that like it had things to say about how to craft a story yes. like how yeah. to work with narrative so our early episodes we dedicated a whole part of the the episode to like what can we learn from this how can we use this if we're going to write our own stories or if we're going to play role playing games or however we mm-hmm. um, create narratives what, what can we learn? That DNA is still in our, like we mm-hmm. still bring it up as we do the show, but we don't like separate it to the end and do a big long section.
1: As 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 we learned, while there's plenty to learn the things mm-hmm. that we can say, and here's what we learned from this episode. We kind of started repeating ourselves, you know, after 15, 12, yeah. 15 episodes. So it was kind of like, there were strong themes that are throughout each episode. And it turns out, they're in each episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. They to, knew
1: how to write TV. So here we go.
0: Throughout. I think for both of us throughout this whole time, we were just kind of like, we'll just keep doing this until, until it fizzles out. Mm. Right. And now I'm, I think we're both like, well, we'll just keep doing this until we're done with Rockford.
1: Right. Right. We're over. We're well over the tipping point where it's yeah. like, it would be a shame for us not to just at least get like do the entire show.
0: Yeah. Why not? And, There're definitely episodes I still look forward to.
1: I'm I'm still surprised by episodes like the one yeah. that we're going to record the the episode that we're going to talk about for our next main episode. I came away being like I that was great and I yeah. did not remember this episode and I am so impressed.
0: I think I had maybe finished watching them all and then told you you should watch the Rock from Files. Right. right. Yeah, I just have like a really bad memory for uh, my consumption of media. So, like, I will forget entire episodes, and then we start watching it. I'd be like, something's very familiar about what's happening here, <laughs> and it's only like like a, a decade ago when mm-hmm. I saw it. But it, it has been at least a decade since I saw it. So, I guess there's lots have changed over that time.
1: Yeah, and once we started doing the show, I stopped watching the show for fun, right? Because I wanted to be fresh.
0: Yeah, exactly. For-
1: for talking about the episodes, which, you know, I guess sounds a little bad. Like I stopped watching it for fun, but like the value add of waiting and watching the episode to do for our show and then talking about it with you, yeah, that is more fun than just sitting down and watching an episode just by itself.
0: TV can be fairly passively consumed if you, if you want, like we talked a little bit about how like sometimes you have like a, a, repetitive piece of work to do so it's time to turn on
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: something comfortable yeah in the background and just have that running so you can distract yourself a little bit while you're doing this it's like
1: uh when i was packing so we did this move out to washington yeah. in the last year and all my my packing show was all the star trek movies i just <laughs> started from the beginning and just you know star trek the motion picture get it going and i can have that on while i pack boxes
0: <laughs> I I almost Perfect. use Star Trek as my example of uh, just, a, just a background comfort thing. It's a great – yeah, it's great. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I don't know if I had like a point to any of this other than to say like it, it's, it's fun that like – the other day I was uh, um, with a group of people uh, in the context of role-playing – playing a role-playing game. Uh, oh, yes, it's with a uh, uh, friend of the show, Sam mm. – uh, he and I were in a role-playing game. With, I was fairly new to some of the people in the group, not everyone, but like we were doing introductions and I just introduced myself as a Rockford Files podcaster. <laughs> and uh, it's, I guess it's, it's a thing where I don't, I did it like as a joke, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, I am, I'm a Rockford. Right, <laughs> right. Like, right. like it, I've been doing this, not as long as I've been writing role-playing games, but like six years. Longer than years. I've done a lot of other things. Yeah, exactly.
1: So it's been really cool to see that, the show you know has some has has those legs and finds the new people when people are like oh i'm i found the show i'm starting from the beginning i do do the the podcaster cringe where it's like yeah. ooh those first few episodes are a little <laughs> rough um Oh, boy, if you make it through those, that's then then it starts getting better. I,
0: people have to know that like, they, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And that's one reason I think we do try to be like, if you're a new listener and we'll fill mm-hmm. in some background because we don't want to assume everyone's been listening. Not 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 even for like, the you know, the entire run of the show, but even like there's stuff that comes up. And I'm like, I remember we talked about this 50 episodes ago. Yeah. We probably <laughs> should give some context before we do a callback.
0: Make make sure you, people are up on the meta plot that right. we have going in the background with our battle with the the, the sinister. No, I don't know. <laughs> I was just trying to
1: the sinister forces. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't think we're. I don't think we have the the bandwidth to like do a subtle fictional meta plot right. through our episodes. <laughs> we have found kind of areas of interest, like there's stuff that we call out, kind of that. At least to me, I'm like, oh, this is an this is just an interesting thing to me now. Where it's like, yeah, uh, like a lot of the David Chase stuff, where it's like, oh, here are roots of David Chase's later career as a as a showrunner and as a creator. Yeah. Um which is, I think, you know, if you're a if you're a Sopranos head, you know, this is probably stuff that maybe you would know because you've gone back to see where that stuff started. But it's interesting to me to see like, oh, all the stuff that he's kind of known for now. Here are seeds. Mm-hmm. Yes. In this earlier work, because he, you know, once he became a real force on the show. Um, So there's, you know, some of that production stuff that I find interesting.
0: I've also found that, like, I approach detective fiction more uh, critically in a good way, not like more critically in a like Mm -hmm. way. Um, I don't know if that's going to come through my little. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so like it's 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 caused me to enjoy other shows more because i think of uh like if i watch a show with like a mystery involved um it's always easy to enjoy a columbo Mm uh it's always easy to enjoy uh just earlier i was talking about the uh sherlock holmes with uh jeremy brett um that sort of thing but like just thinking about like oh this detective i what is it that this detective brings to the table? Right. Right. right yeah. Cause I think about like how Jim, uh, is like, he's an ex con was also a con man at some point, which like plays deeply into a lot of how he, mm-hmm. uh, he's not, it's not solving mysteries every time. It's often, you just need a person who's going to,
1: he's often solving problems. Yeah. It's necessarily problems. a mystery. Yeah. And sometimes the mystery is why is this a problem? Right. Right. There's like a couple different threads there.
0: But I I, like, I just recently made this post on uh, Mastodon and I revised it right away uh, where I was, I made this joke about Columbo where I said like uh, every successful Batman adventure is a unsuccessful Columbo mystery. (laughs) uh, And then I revised it to James Bond. Every successful James Bond mission Mm -hmm. is a, a, because uh, because Bond villains tend to be these upper class. They're the same. Class Uh that Columbo villains are. And then Bond's solution to it is to kill a lot of people. (laughs) And Columbo's solution Mm -hmm. is to just wear this person down and shame them into surrendering. Right. (laughs) And, like, I want to see Columbo v. Blowfield. Because they, like, both sets of villains treat the hero of the story the same way. They invite Mm -hmm. them into their home. They're like, yes, let me show off to you how Mm -hmm. good I am at what I do. And, uh, it will be very polite to each other in the beginning. And then, you know, aha, I'm getting one over on you and you never do, but it's Bond. You never do because Bond's going to kill you. (laughs) And in, uh, Columbo, you never do because eventually Columbo's like,
1: "Mm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm." he's always got that one more thing. Yeah. No, there's, I think there's, there's definitely something there with like, what does this character bring to the table that I think has really been elevated my appreciation of it has really been elevated by doing the show. There's like a couple elements. There's the writing of the mystery or the writing of the, you know, the script or whatever, but yeah, in yeah. terms
0: of a detective thing, the plotting of it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, like there's a lot of like structural, like how does this work narratively that I have really internalized, I think for a lot of stuff. One of my games is a detect a two player detective yes. game that is modeled on Columbo, um, primarily called one more thing. Uh, done with my pal, Stephen Winchell. And that was more inspired obviously by Columbo, but a lot of the writing in that game for the scenario writing of like, how do these, you know, what is the story that leads to this being a mystery? Right. A lot of that is definitely informed by like the plotting and the structural stuff from, from Rockford files. Um, and I'm thinking about con games because Rockford files has a couple really great episodes that really walk you through how a con game works Yes. In a way that I find really, really helpful. But yeah, but the other piece is like, what is the personality of this detective? And how does that flavor this story when they engage with that structured plot that you've, you know, that you're, yes. that you're seeing unfold before you? We respond to character. We love characters. So, you know, <laughs> I think it's no, it's no big insight to be like Jessica Fletcher is a great character. And right. watching her do stuff is really fun columbus a great character you know but those stories um kind of there's kind of a thing in the background of like huh how would this go if like this was jim instead and that's kind of a fun thought experiment because you can see how it would go differently because of yeah. his personality and his skill set
0: the rock profiles have this advantage where they're not trapped in a murder mystery each time right right yeah so what you get is you get like how, how do people get themselves into a situation where they're going to need Rockford? Right. Right. Yeah. Like those are thought out. Whereas like, like an Agatha Christie mystery, it's just like, whatever, everyone's motivated to kill everyone. Like, mm-hmm. like you, the point of the whodunit Agatha Christie is that like, we're just going to assume that the, whoever the corpse is, everyone else is not only interested in killing them, but, emotionally capable of doing it. Yeah, and, and we just have to figure out like, you that's know, that's kind
1: of, I've been watching a little bit more or rewatching, um, some Midsummer murders recently, mm-hmm. uh, which is very much a play on the Agatha Christie model. Yeah. It's kind of a combo where it's the, de- you know, it's, uh, the CID detective, uh, Tom and his sidekick going into the countryside to solve these horrible murders. And, the joy of it is, it's kind of a blend of all these things, right? Because it's like you see the murder, but you don't see who did it. So it has like mm-hmm. the Columbo intro, but it's not the joy is not seeing him seeing the murderer give up, right? Finally, at the end, it's it's the combo. We see the murder, so we know what happened, and then we discover why all these different people in the village would have wanted to kill him, and that's the Agatha Christie like parlor mystery element. And then there's usually a sudden turn to action to go and stop them before they kill again or something like that.
0: Yes, yes. And
1: that actually is a little more Rockford-y where there's like speeding cars and running upstairs <laughs> and you know trying yeah. to stop someone before it's too late.
0: In this in in this household, when we watch a, a murder mystery, we we, we kind of classify them. we like, we're like, is this is this a series with a st- body, because there's some series right, right. where they'll have like the the murder, and they'll get really close, and then somebody else will die, and then you'll be like, "Oh, that changes everything." Uh, but uh, a revelation I had uh, recently was that part of the and the way you said this, like the joy of it, uh, made me think of it like part of the joy of these mystery shows. I, like, I, I they're not murder mysteries. They murder mysteries are part of the uh, the larger Venn diagram. Mm-hmm that includes the Rockford files and like mysteries in general, but also just mysteries and problem solving detective shows. Let's just mm-hmm. call them that. whatever. Part of the joy is that you get to, at the end you get to witness the, the protagonist punish the people that made their job difficult all along. Mm-hmm. In some ways that plays out problematically because you're just like, like, especially if it's like a more cop centric one where it's like, Uh, here are people who did some bad things because of their circumstances, and now we're going to, like, whatever. But, like, in in the Rockford Files, sometimes the people that that make his job difficult are literally beating him up, you know, or breaking through the front door of his trailer or whatever. But, like, often, like, throughout there's just somebody who's trying to foil him or trying to like throw him off the case or whatever. And it makes his life a little bit more difficult. And then the end, he gets one up on him. Uh, the Rockford one up is often pretty close to a Pyrrhic victory. Mm -hmm. Like, like he he gets the thing, but he doesn't get any bonus reward for it. Rarely does he even get paid for it. Like so many of the shows we watch, (laughs) it's not clear that he's, Mm -hmm. He's just helping a friend out or something like that. Um, But uh, like Columbo, right? Like you watch a Columbo thing and you're like, here's somebody who's well, Columbo doesn't get frustrated with the person. So you don't quite get that.
1: Except when he does, which is kind of like, yeah. Wow. You really, yeah. Yeah. You're really a bad, a bad guy. You, you see him just turn all of the, all of the murderers like traits against them. Well, yeah. With, with, with jim you you kind of see him like figure out how to get the drop and sometimes it's like a physical like he can surprise them in the end before they do the final dirty deed but sometimes it's a he you know he makes himself vulnerable in order to turn the tables on the person who's coming after him he constructs his 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 way of getting getting one up is often a con a con game style
0: yeah Or the swell spoon where he like stirs things up a little bit so that – like I I can't remember which one. There's that one episode where he just – he's like, okay, it's any one of these two or three people. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mm yeah. I'm just going to call each of them up and blackmail them and whoever comes to murder me is clearly the murderer. Right. It's just like –
1: I think that's the baseball one, the one with – that introduces um, um, uh, Gabby, Wait, I think.
0: No, Gabby is introduced – Oh, yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Or it's like the baseball commissioner is getting, yeah. gets murdered because there's some, oh no, it's basketball. It's a basketball um, yeah team that, I don't know. I don't remember the details, but yes, uh, I, I do remember that resolution where he's like, yeah. yeah, there's like these three different people. One's mobbed up. One's like, like, like a rich person who has some financial interest and may have no morals. And then I think the other one was also mobbed up, but they're like two rival mobsters or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he just like
1: calls all three of them. Yeah. And and gives them the same time and place and just waits to see who shows up.
0: (laughs) The uh, one thing I really enjoy, uh, I guess both Columbo and Rockford do this, but they do it in two different ways. Uh, It Like the shows show you, the reason why your protagonist is the detective that they are. Like mm-hmm. you can see that both of them like solving these puzzles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Columbo has an appreciation for a, a well-crafted murder. because It, gives, <laughs> it makes it, yeah. uh, and same thing with Rockford. Like it, it's not the same thing, right? Like, cause it doesn't play out the same way, but with Rockford, it, like <laughs> you just occasionally get these glimpses of like, uh, like, I think one of our favorites is the, um, where they faked angels death mm-hmm. and a rock. like, Oh no, no. Okay. We're going to do this con. And he's super <laughs> excited about it. And everyone else involved is like, wait, how do we end up winning with this? <laughs> it's just like
1: in the hands of a master. It's a thing of beauty.
0: Yes, exactly. Or it's a beauty and, to
1: watch something like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So he like, he appreciates the, the, the artistry, uh, the craft that goes into his job. And, um, it's not that that's absent from other fictions, mm-hmm. but you could definitely have, have detectives that are just dead to it, that that are just, this is the only job that they have. And that's an interesting character as well. But like, I like how that stands out for Rockford.
1: Yeah, I guess I would contrast that. I think with, with, with Tom Barnaby from from Midsummer Murders where he, he's always going from like motive. So right. watching him work is him talking to people, deciding who he thinks is lying and who he thinks is telling the truth. You know, looking at evidence, but usually in the name of discovering some element from the past that is, you know, being brought mm-hmm. forward into into the now. And that's, you know, why the murder happened or whatever. But, yeah, nothing. Those murders are usually not intricate. They're usually very yeah. straightforward. <laughs> like this person was killed with a rake.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And just figuring out, you know, who. So that's a whole element that's not in that show. But what is in that show is this like. Prying, delving into the past, and analyzing people's um, personality, yeah, in a way that you don't really get in. You know, uh, in, definitely not in, in Columbo, and and it's different in the Rockford Files because Jim is a keen observer of of human behavior, yeah. And sometimes it matters, and sometimes it doesn't. But to bring it back to the episode we're about to talk about, we get to see a great moment of him bringing in his con background. Yes. And also the whole dynamic with um the, with the co-star of, Megan. The, of the, with Megan. Their whole dynamic really centers around like and she's a psychologist, right? So Right. They have a lot of sparring around like who knows more about people.
0: <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And um I'm reminded of our previous episode which she's in. Mm-hmm. We, we did the movie that she's in from the 90s uh the title of which punishment and crime uh, punishment and crime that's right um the uh, the scene where he goes i think it's this one where he he lays into someone no no i'm sorry i'm thinking of the episode that we're about to do where he goes he, he's trying to figure out if someone was responsible and just kind of like starts accusing them left and right just to see how they respond oh, to it oh right
1: right deal. yeah yeah and
0: that's another like part of like he's like okay if i if i go here and i just start pushing
1: yeah, something something will happen
0: if they respond this way then they're probably innocent that's fine then i could ignore them and then that you know go on but like yeah um i don't know if i mean like i i can't turn off the analytical brain right, right yeah, narrative. yeah. But uh,
1: that—that's our—that's our problem.
0: That's our problem. Yeah,
1: but, that's why we do a podcast about it.
0: But I think this show and this podcast in particular has definitely honed that in in certain ways that um, that goes far out into other other fictions, mm-hmm. uh, like when I'm watching my Sunday morning Conan the Adventurer cartoon. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I think we we do you know talk about this from time to time in the context of an individual episode but i think part of part of the proof to me that this show is worth talking about is the fact that we have been talking about it for this long <laughs> yeah and yet i still find something interesting or intriguing or new to talk about in most yeah. episodes um and i gain a richer appreciation of most episodes from talking about it and, yeah. and i think that's like the real function of like the real function i think that's the like useful function of criticism Mm -hmm. right like we are kind of critics here we don't really frame ourselves like that but what we're doing is tv criticism
0: analysis of some sort Yeah.
1: yeah talking about it getting into how it works how it doesn't work that kind of stuff but the output of that is you know hopefully an entertaining show for you the listener uh but also i feel like i understand these stories better because we mm-hmm. talk about them in a rigorous way. Um, and so that's why it all keeps working for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perhaps on that note, we should move on to our main episode. Sure, yeah. At the risk of this being long, as long as one of our main episodes. yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on our way out, I will just reiterate, um, if you want to check out a shirt, N- yes. NDPdesign.com slash Rockford. And if you want to uh, check out the Patreon, that's patreon.com slash 200 a day. Patrons will also get some discounts on the shirts. So you could, you know, potentially uh, double double dip on uh, our promotional stuff if you want to <laughs> uh, check out the Patreon in the next month. Yeah, it starts at $1 an episode you have this second show that you get in your feed with the main show and also episode previews every month, um, edit access to the 200 a day files files where you can add your own notes and thoughts to the episodes (laughs) in a spreadsheet, I do check it, not as much as I should, and but when I do, there's usually something interesting that I can be like, oh, this is the car that we're talking about, because yeah. we're not car guys, but people who edit our spreadsheet are car guys, or car people.
0: Somebody, Somebody's a car person yeah. out there, yeah. Um,
1: and then we also, at higher levels, we uh, include you in the gumshoe read, uh, we do a shout out to your project or your uh, social media, and um, yeah, just really appreciate all the support, and you know what? We also appreciate just listening and enjoying the show. You don't need to buy anything. We get it. It's fine. Um, But if you want to, Mm -hmm. that's what we got for you. I believe, as you said, we only need, what, eight shirts a day to get our 200?
0: Yeah. We just need to sell eight shirts a day. So let's let's get on it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As is tradition for plus expenses, we don't have any way to end it. So we just kind of say, let's, uh, out." yeah, (laughs) I guess we're done now.